You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Moving the GDP of Italy and maybe the Eurozone is Steve Pagliuca, the founder and CEO of Pax Group, senior advisor at Bain Capital, owner of the Boston Celtics and an Italian club called Atalanta. Thank you for the text just last week. Thank you very much. Defeating my beloved AC Milan. How much fun are you having? It just seems like you're having a blast right now. It's been a good year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it to end. 2024 <laughs> open up in, in a good way. The Celtics are winning and Atalanta's winning and uh, the markets are doing well. So, so let's get year. to the NBA first. So Cuban getting out of the Mavericks. Some people talking about peak valuations of NBA franchises. Can you give us your view on that development? You know, I don't think they've peaked at all yet. Uh, basketball is a global sport. I invested in soccer. It's a global sport. Um, with streaming, uh, you know, you can. You, I, I watched the game actually last night. I watched the Celtics game on my phone last night. So uh, we haven't really penetrated all the markets. Uh, media rights are still going up, um, and so uh, the programming. It's the only program I think the top ten of the ten uh, rated shows in the U.S. were sports program. Let's talk about that. NFL is absolutely crushing it. Let's build on the NBA. It feels like, in the minds of some, so let me give you that perspective, that we're hitting this ceiling, that the broadcasters never really truly own the asset, they rent it. They're finding that it's getting really expensive and they're trying to work out where on earth to put it. Do you land it on Peacock, on a streaming device? Do you get it to as many homes as you possibly can through cable? Cable's dying, what do we do? What do you see further down the road that suggests to you that media rights, TV rights for sports like basketball can keep climbing? Well, we're in a period now, as you guys have followed media, been media investing the last 30 years, you've had bundling, unbundling, rebundling, unbundling. Uh, we're in a, we were in a big unbundling phase, you know, streaming, coming in with cable, with uh, linear TV. And what, what that means is the, the new internet players, you know, Google, Facebook, uh, they all want programming for people to watch content. So content is more and more valuable. NBA content is hugely valuable. And so they're fighting over that. I think you'll see some consolidation. You'll see these streamers consolidating, you know, back to the back to the bundling because it's inefficient to have multiple software systems, you know, multiple marketing. Uh, so you'll see a rebundling. But the programming will always be valuable because it's the only thing that really aggregates eyeballs. And so I don't think we're through with those rates going up for premier sports like NBA. Are buying sports teams better than buying regular companies? If you win, it's better. It's really bad yeah, when you lose. Okay, when but you it's see a sign, investment. You fire the owner. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask this because you know the entire Middle East delegation here is trying to buy the whole host of different uh, football clubs in Europe. You see this as sort of the hot investment. At what point is it too hot to handle? And this is sort of what happened in certain spheres of private equity during some of the boom times that turned into bust times. Well, it's turned out that you know we, we didn't uh, buy the Celtics. Uh, we didn't have a presentation of 17% uh, IRR. It was like banner 
17. We did it as a labor of love. So I, I have to say, I, I, I certainly didn't predict the values what what happened has happened in sports. But it turns out that sports has been a very good business because of this dynamic of people battling for eyeballs. And uh, and then secondly, it is a fun investment. You know, people are like to be part of tribes. And, and, and sports are sports is, is, is a great feeling. You know, even some people like AC Milan, you know, for some <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's also a great feeling yeah, unless yeah, they get yeah, you know, hammered it's, it's, by it's your It's a great team. feeling to be part of this club and, and <laughs> when we when we bought the team in, in two thousand three, they barely had contact with any of their customers. I don't think they even had the emails. And there was no there was no uh, Facebook, there, there there was no no Twitter, now X. Uh, so what's happened is technology has allowed the fans to get right up close to the players to to really really be part of the club, be more engaged, and then now you have gambling coming in, betting coming in, which makes them further engaged. So it, it's 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 almost it's an out of, out of body experience when you walk into the Boston Garden and and you feel you feel that vibe and you feel it on television and technology is making it easier. I love how John uh, opened it up. It seems like you're having so much fun and you're having fun with the tribe of sports, but you're also having uh, fun with the tribe of artificial intelligence, which is basically uh, permeating every corner of this uh, get together. And I'm wondering. You've invested in companies for many, many years. What proportion of some of these AI companies and initiatives do you think are actually going to come to fruition and be valuable? That's a great question, Lisa. Uh, it reminds me of 1999. There were, were I was I was going out to California, and people would come in with a term sheet and said, "Okay, you have two hours to invest in this company that's going to sell medical products on the internet." Is there a plan? No, it's the internet. <laughs> And valuation is $100 million, we have no sales. So I, I turned many of those those down. Uh, there are now 1,000 artificial intelligence companies. If you walk around Davos here, I think they should change, change it to the Artificial Intelligence Forum this year. <laughs> Everything seems to be uh, you know, ubiquitous artificial intelligence. That being said, I think we are in the experimentation phase. The CEOs have not implemented this in a big way yet. Uh, the technology still has a ways to come. But I think it'll be just as revolutionary as the internet was. Uh, right now, I don't think people realize a model like ChatGPT, because it, it, it basically is a brute force transformer model, it cost $400 million just in GPU to program it, to, to make the large language model. So Liquid AI, a company we've invested into, the thesis from MIT is they can, they can configure the software more like the brain. So it, 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 they have 900, uh, let's say, nodes versus 100,000 nodes in ChatGPT. So you can program a large language model for probably a 20th, 15th or 20th of the cost. So you're going to need that cost to come down because if you think about all these models, if everybody built one of those models, you 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 you, you take up half the power in the United States. So I think we're still in a, in the experimentation stage, and CEOs are saying. Uh, thoughtful CEOs are looking at this and saying, where can I put it in my business? How can I make it secure? If you build your own lang large language model with today's technology, it's, it's three, $400 million, so that's not going to happen. So new technology is going to have to come out to make it cheaper, more efficient, and more secure. When did you begin to become interested in all of this, Steve? Uh, 30 years ago, I, I started a technology fund at Bain Capital called Information Partners. And in fact, I, I, wrote, a, I wrote a presentation uh, for a conference in Aspen. What, what, it's very, it looks like caveman now, but it was called Convergence. Yeah. And I was saying that what's going to happen is the telephone and the television and computers were going to converge so we'd have a different experience. Now, little did I know that Apple would come out with the iPhone and all the rest of it. But, but, uh, but I've been interested in, in tech uh, and been a tech investor and consultant for, for many, many years and, and, and been through 
through the internet boom, the craziness of, you know, I was literally, I'm standing in California in 1990, these term sheets are coming in. I'll bet. And this is crazy. And now that's happening again on, on AI, but AI is going to have a huge impact, productivity. It's going to be great for the United States because I think it's going to be the next productivity wave. And I'm not one of those that is scared of it. Uh, it, it to me, it is a supersized slide rule. You know, when, 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 uh, when I was at Methuselah accounting, studying accounting, I used to use a slide rule and, you know, look at a table and they said, oh, the, the computer's coming in, 12, HP 12C, it's going to ruin our minds. It doesn't. It's a tool that's going to expand our capabilities and, and, and AI is incredible. Mike Spence said the same thing, Nobel Laureate, General Atlantic, working over there with Bill Ford. We talked to him about 40 minutes ago. Is there anything about it that concerns you? Anything whatsoever? Is there something, let's say you get some term sheets. I want you to draw a distinction between the companies you would work with and the companies you're worried about because you think they'll do more harm than good. How do you draw that distinction? Well, that's a great question. It's a, it's, it's a tough one. I, you know, I would, I would compare it to anything else. Like nuclear power was great. Nuclear, nuclear bombs can destroy the world, right, if you have bad actors. So, so artificial intelligence, if you have a bad actor behind it, you know, it's going to be a problem. So what's going to have to happen is you're going to have a regulation. You're going to have to have people watching the Internet. You're going to have to have people punishing and, 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 and thinking about security. So, so, again, I view it as a tool, um, but it's a tool that can be misused. So there's going to have to be a certain amount of regulation and a certain amount of, 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 of more security and, and more watching what, what is happening by the world. On the flip side, are there any companies that you're seeing, are there areas of artificial intelligence that you're seeing where you think, think companies are going to become the next Facebook or Apple? That's, you know, there's, there's two schools of thought. One school of thought would be uh, one company, maybe ChatGPT is going to merge and become the Google, you know, of, of, of artificial intelligence. Another school of thought is, uh, the, these models will come down in price, which, which I would say liquid AI is, is one that can drive that price down, and you will get many large language models that are, that are usable. And secondly, you'll focus on verticals. So there'll be artificial intelligence for medical. So it doesn't make sense for a medical artificial intelligence system to go out and, and read you know, the, 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 the Mozart uh, uh, symphony. It has no relevance to, to medicine. So, so I'm in the camp that believes it'll be a hybrid system. There'll be a few foundational models people will use. Uh, they'll be large, but they'll be foundational. And then there'll be probably companies that can capture vertical markets. And so you'll have a number, it'll be a network effect. There'll be a company that captures medical, a company that captures uh, industrial, et cetera. Before we let you go, you mentioned 1999, and we can't let that slide. If we're looking at another 1999 internet bubble-like boom in artificial intelligence, is there going to be some kind of bust, and how painful will it be? Yeah, there, there's always a bust there for the boom, for sure. Um, I, I, the good news is uh, these companies are requiring equity, so it's not debt, so it's not going to have a systemic effect. But there will be a bust of people who uh, invested in, in every single thing that had the word AI in front of it, and, and, uh, and there'll be a carnage, and, and then there'll be the companies will emerge, the best companies will emerge, and there'll be several of, of them. And I think, again, different than, than Google dominating search, uh, there'll be companies, companies that, that really dominate vertical markets. And by the way, if there is a, a, a disruptor, you think about AT&T used to dominate the phone business and then everything became fragmented. Uh, Google looks unassailable, but if there is a disruptor, it'll be an AI company that gets you a better search. So when you say, you know, I want to know what the best pasta is, it'll, it won't give you five articles. It'll give you a recipe for the pasta, why it's the right pasta, and, and who, who's the person that invented the recipe. Uh, that, that, will, that will be a big disruptor for Google. That's why Google's spending so much money into AI. Uh, 
Microsoft as well, they want to protect their position. So I think we're in a, in, in, in a great era where there will be some disruptors coming in and, and, and life may change. It won't be all Google, it'll be an artificial intelligence company that gets us better data. You don't need to spend $400 million to find out the answer to that. There is only one answer, it's non-us. It's always non-us, right? Always. That is the, that is the correct she, answer. Did she Chat GBT should know the answer. <laughs> Your grandmother made the perfect pasta. Don't ever think In anything Puglia, else. there is no challenge to that. <laughs> Was and it really good? Steve will say the same thing about his grandmother too, and then we'll fight over it. Steve Paliuka of Pax. My, my grandmother used to roll it out on the table and, and yeah. cut the individual pasta every every Sunday. Oh my gosh. So what I didn't time? know I grew up in a gourmet in a restaurant. Can I come over? <laughs> used, to make the, used to make the sauces yeah. at, the, yeah. at the back of the apartment building. They'd have these big sort of oil canisters and make the tomato sauce. My at family the end of still summer. does that. Oh, just amazing. Canning I can, it. I can can. She used to wake up at six in the morning and make fried pizza dough for me when I was a kid. Oh, I love it. Uh, every, I had breakfast every 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 Saturday and Sunday. Steve, you're taking me back. Good, it was a good life. Yeah, I didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Honestly, the food there. <laughs> so much better. That was like a three Michelin star restaurant. And like you say, Steve had no idea it was that good at the time. You know, you try and find that elsewhere, you cannot find it. We have to get you a Canada goose coat, John, uh, on the, the company Bank Capital Investment. Of course, yes. Of course. <laughs> Warmest coat of Davos. Okay, there's a sales pitch. <laughs> It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.